TSR Podcast with Jacob and Bo. Dude, how great is this Monday night, like, I guess kind of like talk show type deal going on with uh, Peyton Manning and Eli? Oh, dude, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, I think it's sick. I think I think it's awesome. I haven't gotten to catch a whole lot of Monday night games, but uh, I think I it's mean, a really cool idea. I think it's it, they're so good that it's hard to, like, I just watch them. And and then all of a sudden I look over and I've missed six plays, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, think, like, just listening to Peyton Manning talk in general is really, really cool. You know what I mean? Because he knows so much. And I mean, Eli as well. Well, well, no, Eli as well. I'm not taking anything away from Eli. But I think Peyton Manning, like, you know, always saying about how much he audibled and changed stuff at the line of scrimmage. Like, we all know he's just, like, a genius, you know? That's why his yeah. forehead's so big. And, dude, watching Eli also, I thought it was so funny. He made fun of Peyton's uh, forehead on live TV, which was hilarious. Peyton was, like, trying to squeeze into, like, this helmet that he couldn't fit in. And he was like, dude, you're going to have to get another helmet because that forehead is not fitting in there. I will say that 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 I, I like the traditional way of watching a game more than watching that for the game. Like, if I flip over to that, it's usually because – not that the game's boring me and then I want to listen to them, but like I get I get so caught up in them that I don't even look at the game and I want to pay attention to the game itself. Yeah, it's kind of like it's like a little bit too much, a little bit too much like stuff going on. It'd you almost mean? be easier if all I saw was their voices, but because they're on camera to the left of it, it's like it draws my attention away from the football itself, and that's just a personal little quirk of mine. I I, I like have a hard time just looking at the game and then listen to them if they're on the same screen because like they're said, such funny guys and well yeah so i'm confused are there commentators still on monday night football or is it just yes. Peyton, on, e- on, e- Eli? On, e- on espn one like regular espn you get a football game with uh like levy and some other guy i can't remember who's doing it right now uh so you get uh, you get the game with the regular two one play-by-play one color analyst and then you get uh, ESPN2, you get Peyton and Eli on the left side of your screen with the game on a smaller, you know, camera frame. Oh, uh, so it's TV. it's not, it's, so you can watch it two different ways. Yes, yes. Okay, I didn't yeah, know that. You can flip between them, you can do whatever. I uh, I usually flip between them, but some, I, like, I no my idea. dad I, I thought it was the whole, man, the whole Manning thing. I thought it was set in stone, like, Monday Night Football was now Eli and Peyton. Like, I thought that's what that no, was. They, they have also like heard a, they had they LeBron have a, on the other night. That was actually kind of cool. They have an eight to ten. It's like eight or ten game deal on Monday huh. this year. It's not even the whole season of Mondays. They just did, a like, a like half the season kind of thing. And so it's not going to go forever. Like, eventually it's just going to stop. Huh. And we're all going to miss it. So tune in while you can. If you didn't know that, this is not an all-season thing. And it's a one-year thing right now, so like, don't ex- I wouldn't get your hopes up unless you know they give them Monday night, which would be great. Just give them the booth. Yeah, but that I, would be that'd be awesome. I don't know if they desire to work that hard anymore. No, really, I don't. Think they don't they really do. have to. Peyton yeah. turned down a lot of offers, man. Like I think it was even like high school jobs, maybe maybe even a college job. I think a quarterback coach position in the NFL. I don't think he's trying to do a whole lot with football right now, and I'm kind of surprised that he's even doing the Monday night thing, to be honest. Dude, I, I mean, they're, I'm sure they're paid handsomely for it. I mean, I mean, they both made an unbelievable amount of money in their career, both of them, like so much money. But anyway, let, let's let's move on to something that probably people actually want to 
listen to instead of us talking about Eli and Peyton. Uh, we're going to do takeaways again. Week three takeaways. We missed last week, guys. I'm sorry about that. Um, work it didn't work out for me to be able to uh, record. But this week it worked out a little bit. Uh, but I'm going to give you my first takeaway from this past week, man. That's that the Rams are the real deal. Ah, that was actually the realest my first deal. One too. The realest deal, man, uh, with Matthew Stafford. And I think that team as a whole right now is nothing like what it was last year with Jared Goff. I mean, dude, uh, Sean McVay is opening that playbook so much right now. And you can just see, like, we, we talked about it on the first episode where we talked about how much fun Matthew Stafford's having, dude. But Sean McVay is having so much fun coaching that guy. Like, it's like whenever they're together on the sidelines and the, ca- the camera catches them, you can see him smiling and, like, you know, high-fiving. It, it, it's, it's really, really cool to watch these guys, like, have so much fun beating up on other teams. And when I say beating up, I mean, they absolutely wrecked Tampa Bay, the reigning NFL champions. Uh, it, yes. was, it was it a was a beatdown. Yeah, it was never close. It was no, never it close. never was, man. It never was. Yeah. And I think uh, – I don't expect, you know, if they meet again, I think it'll be a lot closer to the game. I don't think the Rams are that much better of a team than the Buccaneers. I mean, I think the Buccaneers are more loaded than the Rams for sure. But What's I think, going on with the with the Buccaneers' pass rush? They, I don't know, man. Three sacks I, in three games. That's not that's not the pass rush we saw last year. Especially with the names those guys have, like yeah, they, oh, they were they, averaging. They, three they, or four they have years. so many the big name guys in their front seven. I don't know what the deal is with that. I don't know if uh, maybe the offensive lines they be playing against are just playing really well, or you know, offensive coordinators are dialing stuff up. But you would definitely expect them. I feel like I got a burp. Can't do it though. You would definitely expect them to be having more sacks, probably more pressures and quarterback hits than they have right now. Um, and they're just they're just not getting back there, which is really surprising because with guys like Shaquille Barrett and JPP and, I mean, you know, even rushing Devin White. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know why they're not getting to the quarterback. But I think the Rams, you know, staying on topic, I think the Rams right now, I'm not going to say, I, I don't know what their odds are to win the Super Bowl right now. They've got to be really, really good. I'm glad but, I took it when I did. I'll yeah, tell you that. super smart by you, man. Because every time I see them play, I think about you, like putting in that futures bet. That was huge. That was. I'm about to, I'm about to what check a call, it now. man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I would say. What a call. I mean, other people were calling it. It's just, I mean, just you know, seeing what's right in front of your face and not, not overthinking it. I mean, that's really all I did. I was like, well. I'm not going to try and envision all the problems they could end up having. I'm really trying to just imagine like how good they are going to be. And that's what, you know, and that's what I banked on is that Matt Stafford's going to seize this opportunity and they're going to be, you know, something special. Um, and I think it, I think they're showing it now, you know, I think right. when Matthew Stafford came over, me and you talked about it, bro. And I think, we were both like, okay, you know, he, he here's his chance. You know, he's got the team that he can blow up on now. We were both like, you know, it's either going to happen or it's not. It's going to go one mm-hmm. of two ways. And I think watching it happen in the best possible way, it, it is going better than I probably expected it would. Yeah. I mean, he's just, that team has just grown on him. Or I, That's not how I'm trying to say it. I want to say it a different way, but I can't think of how I want to say it. Hmm. Um, and they're just playing lights out. It's like he's been there for a couple of years already. Like it's like the chemistry yeah. is great with the receivers. Cooper Cup is probably going to lead the NFL in possibly every statistical category this year. He could. I mean, he is playing lights out right now. Deshaun Jackson is healthy. 
Yeah. Right? And and Never and probably. still burning it up at 35. Oh, dude. I was actually watching him uh, in their game on Sunday, and I really did not think he was still as fast as he is. He is so <laughs> fast, man. He is He's lightning, lightning in a bottle. Absolutely. So I don't I don't mean to interrupt Deshaun Jackson, but we were talking about the odds to take the Rams right now. Uh, the FanDuel odds on the Rams are plus eight fifty. Um, I got them preseason at plus thirteen hundred. Oh my God, you're yeah. such a winner with that one, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty happy I'm gonna be honest, I, man. Are you surprised? More down, are you surprised they're not more favored than plus eight fifty? I, I mean, kind of get a load of this. The they just beat the Buccaneers, and the Buccaneers are ahead of them at plus six fifty, only behind the Chiefs at plus six hundred. I still would favor the Bucks. You can still get Buffalo plus nine fifty. Don't sleep on that. No, that is a, that is. I, is I got Buffalo awesome. as well uh, before the season. I'm still favoring the Buccaneers though. Like I get it. You mm-hmm. know, the Rams just won a big game, and they did it in a really big way. I'm st- the Buccaneers. If you're putting a gun to my head and you're like, you know, which one of these teams is going to make it to the Super Bowl and possibly win it? I'm still saying Buccaneers. They got Tom Brady on the team, and again, they are the most loaded team in the NFL. It's either them or the Browns, and I would lean Buccaneers. W- would you agree? Yeah, um, I mean, if you look at just looking at the roster, I would lead. I would lean to the to the Buccaneers. I mean, it's okay. just it, it's unbelievable at almost every level. What they get if they're if they're all in the field and healthy. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know how they I don't know how they afford it to be honest. All these guys want to play together. They all want to win a ring. You know, they'll take some pay cuts. I know, I think Mike Evans took a pay cut. I know Tom Brady did. You know, I know Tom that Brady always Leonard Fournette always definitely took a pay, pay cut, cut. But then again, I don't know if he would have been on the team if he didn't take a pay cut. Um, <laughs> I don't know how much we're paying Leonard Fournette nowadays. But anyway, anyway, my my, my biggest takeaway probably from the week which is that the Rams are the real deal. We watched them, you know, through two weeks. Okay, like let's see them, let's see them go up against a team that is a real challenge. You know what I mean? That was the primetime game. That was the biggest game in my opinion. Either that or the Chargers and Chiefs uh this past Sunday. And just watching the Rams absolutely just have their way with the Buccaneers. I mean it was kind of incredible. So I, I was happy to see that and you know Matt Stafford's tearing it up, man. I mean they haven't missed a beat. They're missing Cam Akers, you know who's lo- as long as as long as injuries don't catch up to him in any way, I think they're going to be in the NFC Championship game. Oh, I, I definitely think they're going to be in the NFC Championship game again. Yeah, right. If they're if they're if they're healthy, I mean, dude, the, their defense their defense is is so good, man. Aaron Donald is the best defensive player in football, and he's the best defensive player in a long time, man, in a very long time. Um, and you got Jalen Ramsey, who is the number one corner in the NFL. I mean, I. Would love someone else to argue with me differently. Um, Leonard Floyd, good, good uh, at getting to the quarterback. Taylor Rapp, solid safety. You know, you've got all these guys back there that can make plays. Then on the other side of the ball, they're just on fire right now. You know, Deshaun's doing a great job. Matthew Stafford's feeling it. Cooper Cup is setting the absolute world on fire. Robert Woods is always solid. You know, Daryl Henderson and Sonny Michelle, it's a little one two punch. Well, Henderson's got to get back on the field. It does. It does need to get back on the field. They, they, I don't think they ran it many times the other night. I really no, they and did. But Sony Michelle did do it very good, successfully. No, but Sony Michelle did good for how long he's been with the team and how many times he touched the ball. I think he did pretty good. And I'm not just saying that as a Georgia fan. So I don't know if you were going to say that or not, but I was going to get ahead of you if you were. Um, 
But again, but again, I'm I'm super impressed with the Rams. Uh, another one, man, for me is uh, Matt Nagy's job should be all but gone. I don't think probably in the last three years Matt Nagy should have been a head coach, and I think it's starting to show now. You know, you've got a uh, a quarterback, a rookie quarterback with superstar potential, in my opinion, in Justin Fields. He gets sacked nine times in his first start. Okay, yeah, Matt Nagy isn't out there missing the blocks, but come on, man. Let's make some changes to where the pass rush isn't absolutely eating up your rookie quarterback. Even, you know even, what I mean? Even even if you could attribute some of those sacks to the you know to the rookie quarterback holding onto the ball too long, that's it's still too many. And it's it's Way too you, many. even if you took away the ones he held the ball too long, which you could probably pin one anywhere from one to three of them like that. The, what's left over is too many. I mean, it's, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can remember a game that was like that. I'm about to look at something right here. Let's see. All right, here, here's a problem I have. I'm going through it right now. I pulled this up. All right, Justin Bill J had a horrible game, but he was also sacked nine times for 70 yards, Bo. So, I mean, I don't know how you expect a rookie to have a good game uh, with that. He was six of 20 for 68 yards, 3.4 average mm. yard per, per attempt. man. Okay. David Montgomery, who is a very talented running back in the NFL, got, let's see how many times he touched the ball. Only touched the ball 12 times. For what? What was the average on his carries? Same as Justin Fields for his passes 3.4. That's wow. That's fine. He got 10 carries for 34 (laughs) yards, right? I'm giving David Montgomery more carries than that if it's me, because I know how talented David Montgomery is. And I'm also targeting him more, right? He only had two catches. That's it. Four targets. I'm getting him more than four targets when I have a rookie quarterback that is getting absolutely walloped. What right? did what did what did Miles get? What Miles Garrett had four sacks alone. I think Miles Garrett had four and a half sacks alone. Wow. But I think that goes to show how, how much of a freak Miles Garrett is. And you know how much of a fan of Miles Garrett I am. I like I've said many times before, I think he's the best defensive end in football. Yeah. And I, I I it's probably play like that every day. You play like that every day, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Al, Alan Robinson. <laughs> Two receptions, twenty-seven yards, targeted mm. six times. I was—I heard someone told me this weekend. I can't remember who, and I'm sorry for not giving them credit. But um, they said uh, Allen Robinson hadn't run a, a route this year, like past eight or ten yards or something like that. And that just seems like a complete misuse of Allen Robinson. Is that—is that true, though? I mean, uh, I mean I'm, not, I'm not saying you're getting information from a bad source, but I'm saying. Like, I would love to be able to actually see if that was true. It wouldn't surprise me, though. It it really wouldn't surprise me. If I I have Allen Robinson on my team, I am feeding that guy. Allen Robinson is matchup, almost matchup proof, and has proved to be quarterback proof. Because look at all the terrible quarterbacks he's been through, and the dude still puts up like 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns. Mm Mm-hmm. Allen Robinson is an absolute beast, man. I'm, I'm targeting him more than six times. I am drawing up plays to get Allen Allen Robinson in a position where he can score and make a play. This season, through three games, he has ten catches for eighty-six yards. That's ridiculous. So that sounds about right. How many times has he been targeted? Uh, shoot, I'm on Pro Football Reference. Okay, here we go. Um, he's been targeted. I think that says tw- uh, Jesus, twenty-one times with ten receptions. I mean, twenty-one At times three yards games. per catch is eight is eight point six. That's not great. <laughs> no, it's not great. It's not. 
No, it's not. We need to open up that playbook more. We need to get Justin Fields, you know, play actions, roll out of the pocket. That's what you need to do okay. to get this guy. His yards per target is 8.3. God knows. So that's I would say that that's the truth in what they said. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's, that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, man, I'm getting – Justin Fields is a very talented football player. We both know that. We watch his film coming out of Ohio State. I think – you got a rookie quarterback who can use his legs. Let's get some play action in there, right? Let's get David yeah. Montgomery involved. Let's get some play action. Let's roll him out of the pocket. Let's make some plays with your legs, you know? Throw on the run. I just feel like they're just letting him sit in the pocket and you get absolutely destroyed constantly. Mm-hmm. Clearly, that is exactly what happened this past Sunday. I don't understand it, man. It's kind of it's kind of wild to see. I mean, you got a guy that – I mean, wasn't he hired – because of his play calling in Kansas oh, City. Well, well, they all are, man. They all are until they actually yeah, become mean, a head coach and you see, yeah. you know, shit hits the fan. <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, what, that's what th- you would think when you get handed a guy, a guy like Justin Fields, who you, you got, you stole at the 11th pick, you know, you'd exactly. think it would look a little better at this point, but I mean, Hey, they got plenty of time to work on it. I don't know if Nagy's going to be there for that, but Justin Fields has plenty of time to work on it. I think also we need to bring this into account is all the quarterbacks right now that came out in this draft. And I, I was really impressed with this quarterback draft class also um, on a side note, but they are all struggling. So it's not Justin Fields, right? It's Zach Wilson's been struggling. He's been, you know, making some bad passes, been throwing a lot of picks. Um, obviously you're very high on Zach Wilson. I am too. Lawrence isn't playing much better, man, throwing a lot of picks. Um, you know, it looks like none of them are real comfortable right now. The one who's probably playing the most comfortable right now is Mac Jones, who's been pretty impressive. Uh, but all of them are struggling right now. I think they're all going to end up being, you know, really good quarterbacks. But I think Justin Fields, man, if I had to pick a guy out of this class and say, okay, if you asked me, Bo, which quarterback that came out of this last class has the best potential to be a superstar, I'm probably saying Justin Fields. Would you say the same, or would you go a different direction? Uh, I feel like a lot of them ended up in some tough situations starting oh, out. A lot of them did. I mean, if you think about, the, I mean, Matt the, Jones probably ended it, well I'm, in the best situation. Trey Lance, Matt. Trey Lance probably landed in the best situation. I, the problem know, is Trey Lance saying, doesn't play football in like a year and a half. Saying saying that, I would say Trey Lance probably has the best chance. Then, then probably Justin Fields, and I think a lot of it, a lot of it has to do with their athleticism on top of being a quarterback. There's just such a draw to that, you know, to be, becoming a superstar. And I mean, becoming a superstar isn't just being all pro. I mean, you're talking about being, you know, the household name, the one that every, even the people that don't really keep up with football know who you are. Yeah. And I, th- I think that those two guys probably got the best chance of being that. Um, but by no means am I ready to call Mac Jones the next Tom Brady, even though he is showing, you know, signs of being real, a really good quarterback. But I'm not ready to call him, you know, the next Tom Brady. So I can't really say that he's the most likely uh, to be the, you know, the big superstar. So I would, I would say it's between Trey Lance and Justin Fields. Um, if they, if Lance can get on the field with his head coach, I think Lance is, is, just a million miles ahead of fields simply because of the staff he landed with. Oh, absolutely. You know, he he has Shanahan. a massive advantage. I mean, he, I mean, huge. You, you're talking about, so just respect isn't even the word. I mean, uh, Kyle Shanahan is, is revered in the league for his play calling and his knowledge of offense and, and using what he has at hand uh, to get wins. And I think once, once he figures out what he's got in Trey Lance and, 
they move on from the Jimmy G experience, which I think is only a matter of time. Uh, I think he's got a pretty big chance at blowing up. The only reason I give, and I respect you giving Lance a little bit of an edge because the staff he landed with, and I understand that point. The only reason I give the edge to Justin Fields is because of Lance was more raw coming in than Fields was. And I think, you know, Fields is going to be able to start moving forward in his career a little bit faster than Lance is. Now, that's not to say that Lance, once he gets rolling, will not also be a superstar. I'm not saying that. But if I had to pick the guy that's going to be a superstar and is probably going to hit it first, I would take Justin Fields because I don't think Fields was as raw coming in. That's pretty much kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. But yeah, Lance, from a staff standpoint, I mean, Lance was the massive winner from this. If, if you're if you're asking me, rank the, the situations they landed in, I would probably go Lance, Jones, Lawrence, Fields. Lawrence. Yeah, I'd say Lawrence is three. I think I think I think I, I think he has rather, better offensive might, weapons than than Fields or Wilson. I thought you were talking about the coaching staff. No, 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 no. I put Bob over. We're going by head coach Urban Meyer has Lawrence. But I'm saying the situation. I'm saying everything. I think Lawrence had a better team around him already than uh, Wilson and Fields did. So I would go Lance, uh, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence. It's tight between the Bears and the Jets, man. Uh, Honestly, right now, I'd probably say Wilson than Fields. Fields probably laying in the worst situation just because of his coaching staff right now. I'd say probably Fields is the worst situation. Kind of, you know, kind of showed this past Sunday. Yeah. yeah, with coaching staff. Maybe with weapons also, man. I mean, you got David Montgomery and you got Allen Robinson. You know, it's easy to kind of load the box and double one guy. Mooney's not too bad. No, Darnell Mooney but, is not bad. And I, know I a lot think of um, what's, his, what's his Anthony Miller was better. Anthony Miller was better. And uh, where is Anthony Miller now? Is he on the Lions? That's weird. I feel like I should know where Anthony Miller's at. I also feel like Anthony Miller should be possibly playing more than he is. Maybe he's hurt. I don't know. He's I was not a, hurt. I Anthony saw him, Miller was saw the number one, his... number one receiver in his draft class for me. So I probably should be keeping up with where this guy's going. So <laughs> that, is, that is my bad. Uh, he's on the Houston Texans. No way. I haven't seen him yet. Is he playing right now? Yeah, I think he's caught a touchdown this year. Yeah, he's got uh he caught a touchdown on Thursday night. That's where I that's why I heard his name. I don't know that's why I thought it was Detroit. Dude, him coming out of Memphis, that film was awesome. That dude is a dog. A small dog, but a dog. He is a beast, man. But he's only like what, like five I mean, I'm talking about myself right now. He's like five nine, like uh, I don't know, like two ten. No, probably not two ten, like one ninety five. Small guy. Mm-hmm. He's a beast. Plays big for sure. But let me hear one of your takeaways, man. I keep talking about all mine. Let me hear one. Yeah, of your I was just kind of playing off yours. I mean, I, I think you were you were doing a good job. I figured I figured you eventually were going to get around to asking me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, one of my first one, man, was uh, how about Brandon Staley and the and the Chargers? Oh man, you know, I mean, beating the Chiefs. I mean, and. <laughs> I, th- I think what he's been doing is, is extremely impressive, and I think they all realize what they got in Justin Herbert, and and it's like 
he, they're really using all the weapons this year. It's not just, you know, Hammer, Keenan Allen. Mike Williams is really showing out this year so far. Uh, so I, I really like what they're doing and the way they're putting things together over there. Uh, I mean, you think this is going to be a split situation on the year? Like, uh, you know, Chargers win one and then the Chiefs win the next one? Or you think the Chargers got a chance to, to beat the Chiefs and actually win this division? I would be lying to you if I told you I didn't think the Chargers had the talent to win the division. Mm -hmm. But I would also be lying to you if I told you that I thought they were going to win the division. Um, yeah, I mean, because only because the Chiefs are in it? Yeah, yeah because it's, it's hard to bet against the Chiefs. But someone brought up a point to me that I do want to – I want to bring this up to you, Bo, and it, it goes off what you're saying. Um, the Chiefs should be 0-3 right now. Because They've the Chiefs should have, they, they no the Chiefs should have lost to the Browns, mm -hmm. and they're one and two right now. So they should be zero and three. The Browns just collapsed. Mm -hmm. They just I, I don't know what happened in that game, but the Chiefs have not looked like the normal Kansas City Chiefs that we're used to. And I was explaining to someone earlier that I think after you know three years of the Chiefs doing Deep whatever they want. Runs. Yeah, did well that that you know maybe it takes know, a toll, that, man. That could staying be so. I didn't even think about that. Staying up at the top and playing from August, from the from the first week of August through you know January or February every year. I mean, that's it, it gets tiring. Time. I mean, that's yeah, it's a lot of miles. Not to mention you're you know you're back in OTAs within a few months of that of, yeah. of the finishing the season. So but what what I was saying is I thought that. After three years of the Chiefs just kind of running amok on the NFL, defensive have, defenses have kind of started to figure it out, man. You know, all right, well, okay, Miko Harmon's not as much of a threat. They lost Sammy Watkins, right? Mm -hmm. So defense have kind of figured out, okay, it's Travis Kelsey and it's Tyreek Hill. Clyde edwards helaire has not been what we thought he was going to be coming out of LSU, no. right? He has not been at all. We thought this guy was going to be incredible with Kansas City, and he has not been. Yeah, he's been hurt a little bit, but still, even when he's on the field, man, he he's not much of a factor. And I mean, I, I, that's and that may sound kind of bold, but he's not. He's really not much of a factor at all. Like it, like he does some things, but it's nothing what we thought it was going to be. He's not. He's not changing the game. I mean, no. he's. It's more. He was the first it, running back drafted in that draft class. It looks more just like you know, he's who we got, plug and play kind of thing. Than it looks like, exactly. oh, this is a top first round you know, great pick we got. He's going to light the league up. It just – it almost looks like you got James White back there. Well, you know, Andy Reid was already known for when they won the Super Bowl using Damian Williams and plug-and-play guys like that. Well, mm -hmm. then when they turned around and used a first-round pick on a running back, you know, everyone, NFL fans everywhere were like, okay, this guy right here, you got a fantasy team, get him on there because they are going to feed this dude. He is going to be catching it like crazy. He's going to be running it. This is the guy, and it's that's not how it has been. It's really not. Or either he's not producing like that's what the deal is. So, so, well, so I was going to say, you know, how do you feel about that division race, period? It's not. I mean, it's only three games in, so race is a strong word. But, I mean, what I think the Broncos are 3-0. The Raiders okay. are three and zero. The Broncos being three and zero to me is a, um, and a, and I can't say the word. I'm a, I'm gonna say it just so you can laugh. An anom anomaly. Okay, I said it that's good. Right. Yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, damn. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's what I think that is. The Denver Broncos, you know, awesome and a three and zero. That's not normal. Okay, that that's that's not normal. It's also not normal that the Chiefs are one and two. 
And I, I would be willing to bet the Chiefs are going to figure out how to turn it around, you know, more so than the Broncos are going to keep winning. Right. So yeah. I think the Chiefs, Andy Reid's going to figure something else. Also, it's kind of scary. Andy Reid had to go to the hospital the other night. I don't know if you saw that. I don't know what yeah, was going I did. on. I did. I don't know. Um, what so was I hope, going on hope he's doing good. But yeah. I would bet the Chiefs are going to be able to figure it out. But what I was saying is the defenses, man, I think they're figuring out, okay, it's the Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey show. Like mm-hmm. I said, they lost Sammy Watkins, right? I think defenses at this point are like, okay, it's it's Kelsey and it's Tyreek. That's who we're going for here. Okay, Miko Harmon's over there. Okay, yeah, whatever. We'll risk him beating us over the top. Right. It's one guy. Yeah. That we'll let that happen. That that's a chance we'll take. Watch Tyreek and watch Kelsey. And I think it's progressively year after year gotten more and more that way. And now it's starting to be like, okay, what is Mahomes gonna do? When they're locking as two, you know, it's it's not hard to kind of get down on two guys. You know what I mean? I yeah. think that's what makes the Buccaneers offense so incredible because, dude, you got four or five guys out there that you, you that are big playmakers, right? I mean, mm-hmm. hell, they're three deep at tight end, and their their third then, tight end is was a first round pick. <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. But I'm not. We'll save that for another day. I think defenses have figured it out, and. uh I think kind of the Chiefs aren't changing up. They're not changing a lot of stuff up. I think they're just like, okay, we got the fastest guy in the NFL. We got the best tight end. You know, we'll just keep doing what we've been doing. They're just and ha- doing what they've had success with. Exactly. You can't do that in the NFL. We've said it. How many times have we said on this podcast, Bo, that defensive coordinators are the smartest people in the NFL? They figure it out faster than anybody else. They learn it's, it's quicker their, than anybody it's else. It's their job, too. I mean, they, they're, they're going against – they're going against, this, you know – the offense, which the rules are tailored to them, to to the offense. I mean, it's yeah. they 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 have to find a way to win within the legal parameters of the game. Without you, you can't. You almost can't play like the bully ball defense like you used to be able to. You know, you guess you can at the line of scrimmage, but after that, you have to be extremely technically sound. I mean, because I, th- I mean, the refs. You have a third team out there every week to play against, and it's and it's the refs right now. Uh, I mean, it's an absurd amount of flags being called. It's it's a really tight time to be playing football. Um, so, I mean, these defensive coordinators have a big task every week, man, every week. It doesn't yeah. matter who they're playing. I just remember from us watching football together this past Sunday when you said that. You said it, you said it's like there's three teams out there. It's you, yeah, them, and the refs. Is. It's, it is. <laughs> and it's mostly pass interference and defensive holding flags um, that, I mean – holding on the offensive line and false starts or, you know, that stuff's going to happen. There's damn near holding on every play, but you know, the, the automatic first downs, even if, even if you get a five yard, uh, you know, defensive secondary holding penalty, the automatic first downs, a drive killer. I mean, that, that fresh set of downs can carry a team to the end zone from about any point on, in, on the field. And it's a constant battle for that. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't understand how you could even be a DB anymore. If I was a kid coming up playing football, I'd be like, put me anywhere but the secondary. You know, yeah. I mean, anywhere but there. Unless I mean, it's I got the hardest, to, it's the hardest position in football. I would have play. to be told by my college coach that I was that I was so good and so athletic that I would have more chances to play over there. That I could, you know, flip sides of the ball and go pro. I, it would have to be put to me like that. There's just to to play that position it would just it would just drive me nuts and you know and every week in the NFL it's just a huge 
huge, you know, obstacle. And w- w- I mean, w- w- we had the refs not only throwing flags, but missing the flags when there is actually a penalty. I mean, we had, yeah, you had them missing and you had them throwing flags. You had them hitting punts and muffing yeah, punts with the with flags. The, I mean, it was, yeah, it's a, it was all kinds a, of stuff this past Sunday. You're facing a third team every week. I mean, and, and that, that, muffed, that muffed punt, though, with that flag was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I, I feel bad. It's almost Rondell like Moore trying to catch that ball and the flag hits it and shoots it the other direction. It was you think he deserves hilarious. a re-kick for that or the is the flag part of the I mean, I think so. field of play? I, I mean, I, I don't think the other team should be able to get that ball now over something the other player didn't ever even get to touch the ball. Yeah, it's pretty rough. That's the ref's problem. Yeah, it's pretty I mean, rough. That's like the ref swinging the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, who's to say this guy didn't, you know, you know, great accuracy target that, and he's got a bet on the other team. No, <laughs> I, I'm not accusing anyone of that. That would be huge if I actually just said that I was accusing a ref of betting on that game and throwing the game. But anyway, back to what you originally asked me, because we're so far off on the sidelines right now. It's not even funny. The Chargers right now look awesome. Herbert's a beast. Eckler's healthy. Mike Williams is playing the way we all know what Mike Williams can. Keenan Allen is obviously a stud, right? And their defense, man, Derwin James is healthy, and I think that is a massive reason for what's happening right now. Derwin James, and I've said this before, Bo, if he had been healthy throughout his entire NFL career so far, he is the best safety in the league right now, and I really don't think it's that close. I would agree with that. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Derwin James is an absolute monster, man. Him Game coming changer. out of Florida State was absolute. His film at Florida State was insane. He he is Derwin James is the real deal, man. And I think a lot of what the Chargers are doing this year, them beating the Chiefs and stuff like that, is that guy being on the field. I mean, I would, yeah, I would agree. I mean, he's a total game changer. I mean, the defense is night and day without him. Also, let's let's bring up one of Bo's guys, one of Bo's big time players. Oh Lord! Well, come on, man, give me Asante Samuel. Yeah, Asante Samuel out he's, there doing. 45. Yeah, he's coming out hot. He's coming out hot at interception this weekend. Yeah, another Florida State boy, man. Another Florida State boy. He is a beast, man. He he's definitely keeping up with his uh, family name, because God, his dad was a beast. And he is killing it right now. So yeah. I got. I, I told you, man. I'm a, when I see you guys doing good, I'm gonna throw them at you, right? I want. To, I want to I give. Pre- you I appreciate credit. you. I haven't heard any credit come my way yet. I don't even know if I deserve any credit. I'm gonna have to go back and look. I'm but, gonna, yeah. I'm gonna have to go look at yours again and actually start paying attention to it. I feel like you pay attention because you want to dog me when I'm wrong. I'm not gonna dog you. I'll no. dog you first. I don't know if I'm gonna dog you on the podcast now, but but I might dog you about something here, bro. And that's probably going to be that the Steelers must look oh. to draft a quarterback, man. And and I'm not crapping on your uh. team. Uh, now, now, the Bengals might have this week. But uh, but I, right now, I'm not crapping on your team. Uh, here's, here's, I think, the biggest problem right now, Bo, is – and you, you are going to be able to talk for a minute on this, and I want to hear your perspective. But I want to say this first. I think that a big problem for the Steelers is, is they have got to draft a quarterback – Problem being is this might be one of the classes, you know, in quite a while that we don't know about any sure things right now. You've got Howell, you've got Rattler. They haven't played the way, you you know, we all thought they would. Keaton Slovis, yeah, he's he's probably not even a first-round guy. My, if I had to make a bet right now on who I think is probably going to, I mean, shoot up draft boards, because, you know, because he's good and also because other guys are struggling is Carson Strong out of Nevada. 
He is really good. His arm talent is exceptional. Um, good size also. So look for that guy. If you guys want to remember a name, uh, Carson Strong from Nevada is an absolute stud. But this year, Bo, I think is a year that you would be drafting a quarterback. The problem is, though, is I don't think this is the class you want to go for one in. Uh, yeah, that's my biggest fear. Is, I mean, and, is, and I, I would be I would be fearful if I was you that my team is going to reach for a quarterback because of need when it's not the year you needed to do it. Yeah, no, I agree. And I've, there's been a lot of, a lot of criticism towards the Pittsburgh Steelers and rightfully so. I think that there's been a lot of injuries and you can't blame all the bad things on injuries, but the offensive line is we're already coming into this season as a bad offensive line. And then we put four new starters there and everyone expects them to be bad, but you, you know, you think there's nowhere you can go, but up. And I feel like we might've found that area you can go to when you can't, you know, you yeah. could actually go down further than you thought you were. And I mean, they get, they get no push. They can't big Ben doesn't really have any time. If he, if Ben has time, his throws haven't seemed as precise and as, as on time as they have in years past. I don't know if I've ever seen in years past, you know, this much, it looks like miscommunication between Ben and his receivers. You know, you see balls going behind them, going over them. You see him frustrated, you know, almost every drive, you know, wanting someone to run a different direction or a player running the right route, but they weren't looking for the ball. I mean, it just seems like a full discombobulation of, of, of everything on that offense. I mean, I think the obviously the one shining star has been Najee Harris, but everything he's done, he's had to pretty much invent it. You know, there has been very few plays where, oh, look at all this green grass he gets to run with. You know, there hasn't there hasn't been much of that. And you know, to your point, I think that they're they're going to let this season scare them into picking a quarterback. If I had to guess, because if this whole season goes the way it's going now, I mean, not just the fans. Every if if you watch them, you're going to be screaming for a quarterback. I mean, it's it's extremely evident that ours is aging out. I mean, I don't know if you saw the play where he, you know, he was in an empty set. The ball was snapped to him. He took about three steps to his and right, fell, and he much. just fell down. And I'm, you know, I'm looking at that like, who is who is this person? It's a complete, it's a complete shell of himself. Very, very funny ago. at the time, but very serious once it comes becomes. Yeah, once you think about, about it, it it's like your team, you know. Yeah, I mean, you you think about it, and it's like, you know, I'm like the biggest guy that is on the side of the fence with the whole, you know, let Ben play it out, let Ben he can go out the way he wants to, but it's like at some point. You know, are you just going to drag this this dead animal around? Are you going to try and find you know a new stud, you know, stallion to replace the one you you know that is that is old and and it's time to go? I mean, it's I I honestly admire the Packers for what they've done with you know not not I guess pit, they piss off their quarterbacks, but but they have they don't have to worry about the next guy coming in line. You're talking about like going out and drafting love. And one drafting Rodgers. Oh, I mean yeah. either yeah. one. I mean you can it, it, it pissed somebody off along the way. It pisses you know? someone off but it motivates yeah, but, at the same time. You know yeah, I mean? I mean I don't know. I I really hope that Mason Rudolph wasn't always their plan. I mean the the Steelers are higher on Mason Rudolph than any 
than any other team ever will be again, which I don't understand. Um, he, I don't know how he's made it around on the team this long. If you want, you know, if you want me to be honest, but yeah, I, I don't really want us to take a quarterback. Would I be happy if they took Sam Howell? Yes, because I'm a Tar Heels fan. Do I think I think that he would come in his first year and, and would not have much success, especially if he was expected to start behind that god awful O line? Because you're watching him play behind a god awful O line right now in Chapel Hill, and it's not going well. I can't imagine it in the NFL. So I don't know. I, it's, it's I think it's, the I think for me, and I'm not meaning to cut you off, but you're fine. For me, I think watching the Steelers have changed a lot in the last five years, they went from, you guys always had playmakers, they big time playmakers. I'm not saying you don't have playmakers now, but I'm saying you had Antonio Brown, right? You had pretty much the league's best wide receiver. And for a time you had the league's best running back also in Le'Veon Bell, right? You had a little bit younger. We had a top five game. offensive line through those years though. A- absolutely. Okay. And I'm agreeing yeah. with you. And I think it was easier on Ben, you know, it doesn't show age as much when you got, a, when you got guys like that. Hence, let's talk about Tom Brady. Tom Brady is going to play till he's 50 years old because they, he has the best weapons a guy could ask for. Okay? I think losing Bell, losing Antonio Brown, and now you've got more of your average guys, right? You know, Claypool, Juju, Deontay Johnson. And now you've drafted a running back who I think is going to be a star. And by the way, the amount of touches y'all gave him on Sunday, and Najee Harris is who I'm talking about, it was a ridiculous amount of touches, and he balled out. Right. Yeah, he, I wish I wish there had been more rushing yards, but he. I mean, he 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 led the team in targets, and you know, and and definitely did a lot with it. And I would continue to feed him like that. Also, he no, they're gonna absolute beast. Excuse me, but I think the team becoming more less talented is what how I'm gonna say this. The team becoming less talented is starting to show the age in Ben. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. if you have an older quarterback, you've got to keep really good talent around them or that age is going to start to show. And I think clearly now the NFL is starting to realize and fans everywhere, especially Steelers fans, are starting to realize, okay, yeah, Ben can't do it on his own. Ben Ben cannot. It's very hard for Ben to work with you know average – um, or slightly above average wide receivers and a rookie running back. That's hard for him. Also, the offensive line isn't playing that great. And I think one of the hardest parts about addressing the offensive line is the offensive line is probably the hardest position group to address midseason. Because what teams do you know out there that are shopping good linemen? No one. People don't do that. If you got a guy that is successful on the offensive line – in 2021, you keep him to keep your quarterback upright. Yeah, you're not going to just gamble away the foundation of of your offense. I mean, and it's just I don't I don't see how it's possible without bringing in you know unwanteds and misfits, you know, going to other teams' practice squads, guys you've liked in the past and stuff, or you're going to give up you know draft picks and possibly a pick that's too high for certain guys. And you are, are you yourself- talking about my Bengals right now? I feel like this is a Bengals segment. Come on now. No, what are you talking about? Yeah, that sounds like a Bengals segment. You're talking about Jackson Carmen? Don't flame me right now. <laughs> First off, I don't like Jackson Carmen, but that's not <laughs> what I'm talking about. I'm talking about us giving up picks in a trade for a lineman that's too high. 
Okay, I'm talking, right. I'm talking about us, 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 giving, a lineman too us giving a second round pick out for an average fucking guard. Yeah. Sorry to drop the F word, you know, but hey, hey, get into it, man. I like that fire. I, I like the Steelers fire you got going on right I now. Mean, we, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't know how you have to go about it, but I was tweeting it on Sunday. It's like the Steelers organization, they pride themselves on, on not losing and staying afloat and competing. And it's the year they lost Ben Roethlisberger. Then the very, that very week they lost him, they'd make the trade for Minka Fitzpatrick because they want to stay in football games. And yeah, I mean, that's the, it's the kind of team they are. They don't tank. They don't succumb to adversity. They try to fight through it with what they have or what they, you know, or go out and look for something. I mean, you've seen Kevin Colbert make more trades in, he, in the last three years than you saw him make in his first 10. You know, it just, they're doing new things now. And I don't, I just want to know how they plan to address it because I'm telling you right now, there's no way on earth that the Roonies and Kevin Colbert sit there and let this whole season play out and we don't make a few transactions along the way to try and you try and win a couple football games. I just I don't see it happening. They they like to win too much. It's too much it's too much a part of the Steelers brand and product on the field every Sunday. Heinz Field, one of the smallest stadiums in the NFL. Heinz Field, one of the it is I don't even think it's six I think it's fifty eight thousand people or sixty thousand people, something like that. They had 10,000 no-shows at the game this past Sunday. A home game against a division rival. 10,000 empty seats. That's Take not it. a good look. It's terrible. It, doesn't ha- it shouldn't happen in a town like the, Pittsburgh. Uh, here's the last thing I'm going to say about the Steelers, and we'll move on to one of your other takeaways. Watching you sit through that game this past Sunday, because obviously it was the Bengals-Steelers. We obviously watched it together was hard to watch now yes part of me down in my core absolutely <laughs> loved watching you just squirm and you know us getting a big band and throwing Go it to down hell. But, but uh i think watching it was the it was the whole full circle for a fan you know i've seen you so high on ben you've always been one of big ben's biggest supporters on the podcast in person you know through talks we've had and watching you kind of realize like you know damn like this is it. Like he, he, it's it's not working anymore, and it is time to move on. I mean, Was, it's it's the it's the throws. They're just they're not. You see them. There's not as much on them. They're going behind people. Um, he it. it I don't know like how many the, times I heard what was that Sunday. Yeah, I mean, the the interception to Logan Wilson says it all. He tried to. <laughs> he. It, I mean, he put everything he had into that ball and he was and he was throwing it directly into triple coverage i'm like i'm sitting there with my i don't even know what to say like it, it looked worse the second time around than the first at least live the cameraman had to like you know juke a little bit to catch up to the play i'm uh I'm I'm going through my the reason I'm laughing is I'm going through like what you said you were just like what was that like who are you throwing to you know when he threw the ball as but, soon as he let it go I was I was mad and but, I mean but it seems like he's getting hit so much he's getting hit so much that I mean he might be panicking and making throws he didn't make in the past I mean every time he gets hit and goes down even when he falls no contact like when he tripped on that play. It all looks like it hurts. 
Like none, none of it, none of it looks like he's okay with it, dude. Like I, I did not. This see, I was higher on the Steelers because I was expecting last year's Big Ben to come out, the guy who threw thirty-three touchdowns and ten interceptions and thirty-eight hundred yards. I'm looking for that guy to be out there, and all of a sudden, we're looking at like the last year before retirement of like, you know, Vinny Testaverde. We're looking at this <laughs> dinosaur of a man, dude. And I'm like, I mean, he does, he does not move well, man. It's even just step, stepping up into the pocket is just terrifying. Every second, every time he takes a step forward into the pocket, when he drops after he drops, takes his three or you know five step drop, whatever, when he makes that step or two back up as the pressure comes around the edges, I'm just like, oh god, here it comes. <laughs> here it comes. Yep, he's getting laid comes. out, dude. Someone's gonna <laughs> kill him. I mean, they're at the rate he got hit like ten times this past week. At the rate he's getting hit, we're gonna be Mason Rudolph's gonna be out there soon. Oh and yeah, it, he will be. Yeah, and I mean. The the Steelers are going to have to figure out what the next move is. I mean, could the year before Ben Roethlisberger came, the Steelers took an entire season of Tommy Maddox, and is six win and they won somehow won six wins out of it, and uh, the next year they get Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, if they if and they picked Ben Big Ben out of a legendary class, if they can take, you know, one year with a awful quarterback you know i might sit through it if i if i feel comfortable enough with they're going to take someone high the next year but i just feel like since tomlin and since ben got there they've built this brand of not losing and not having losing seasons and i don't know if I maybe it's going to take a a losing season you know to I think sometimes you you need that losing season to, and I, you guys will not go undergo a full rebuild. Your team isn't built to no. do that. It's it's you've just got to. Defense get is fine when they're healthy. Yeah, but, I mean, we're we're missing we're missing like four to four to five starters across the defense. I mean, it's like that's half that's half your starting lineup. I mean, it's you're missing both your starting edge players. You lose T.J. Watt alone, you go from the number one pass rush in the league and then it ends up putting you somewhere near the middle of the pack and that's if Highsmith's on the field. This past sure. week there's no Watt or Highsmith. I mean yeah. what are you gonna do? There's no to it. There's no Tyson Alu. It's Cam Hayward and I, a bunch of undrafted free agents. I'm gonna have to cut you off at some point. I, I know that I could sit here until twelve o'clock tonight and you would still be talking about the Steelers. So I'm gonna have to cut you dude, off. Dude, you're, you're the one who cracked open this can of worms. I did, dude. and I did, and, I, and right. I, I'm not regretting it because it's been fantastic. But well, this will turn into a Steelers podcast real quick, and that is the uh, last thing I want to turn into. I feel like I need to see a therapist about this. You probably do need one, especially after this this past Sunday. Uh, let, let's move on. Packers I, I, this I week. I, y'all do have the Packers. That's that, that is a big game, uh, and I really hope Big Ben plays some. Packers in the well. points, people. Um, but let's move on. I want to hear another one of your takeaways. And Bo, I didn't even tell you this, but I'm having so much fun right now that I'm down to go another 20 minutes. We'll go an hour and 10 because uh, I'm having fun uh, talking football. Let me hear one of your takeaways, man. I also need another beer, but 
Let me hear one of your takeaways. Uh, well, my my other my next one is is the Carolina Panthers. Is oh they, my they gosh, look, man, we we were on top of it because that was going to be my next one. So yeah, let's, let's, yeah. Let's put I mean, together right here. I, I think they're they are a wild card team. I think they're playing really well. I think they need Christian McCaffrey to be that wild card team. Really, if they can still grind out wins with Chuba Hubbard uh, back there, I mean, I'd be really high on them. Their defense absolutely flies around to the football um they wasted no time going to get help once jc horn broke his foot uh i mean they got cj henderson and traded a you know a, i think it might have been their backup tight end i, I can't Arnold. Yep. yeah Dan Arnold. i mean they let go of a backup tight end to get you know a former first round pick i think he was like number top a, 10 like top 10 pick yeah, it might have been top He's five. He's a beast, man. Coming out of Florida, his film yeah. was insane. Yeah, I mean, they got a, a you know high talent, and a change of scenery can really change things for a you know former first round pick. It's just a matter of what they do with them, and uh, you know if they're willing to have some patience with him. Um, I mean, and I don't think this thing for Horn is going to last the entire season. I think he might be able to come back uh, at one point. I think it's like six or eight weeks. So they're, they're and they're, you know they're lucky there. Yeah, well, um, I hate but, it for J.C. Horn, too, because he was already playing no, really well. Yeah, he was season. playing really well. Yeah, I mean, they got him one in that. I mean, you, you break your foot. You know, I don't think that's, like, something that, you know, is going to keep you reoccurring. He'll just heal, and he'll be – foot will be stronger after, and um, yeah, everything will be fine on that end. I just think the Panthers are playing really fast. They're playing really smart. Um, Matt Rule's doing a really good job. And they're, Joe Brady's they're, a genius. Yeah, they're de- and their defensive line is really deep. And when you can get a consistent pass rush with four guys and you have a, a good rotation to keep those legs fresh going into the fourth quarter, I mean, you can go a long way. Um, if they keep it up. I mean, shoot, if teams – if if the Tom Brady and the Buccaneers drop a few and they keep grinding out wins, I mean, they could end up, you know, in a spot to win that division. But, you know, I think they're the second-best team in that division right now. Um, I, think I think they they're definitely better. are. Yeah, I mean they they handedly beat the Saints. I mean they Saints didn't move the ball at all on them. Um, so that's I mean their defense has shown up every week, and if they continue to play through injuries and you know have that next man up mentality, um, I'm only going to fall you know more in love with the Panthers and the possible success that they could have this year. Um, I think they're really good, man. I really really do, and I mean even. Even the young guy like you know Tommy Trimble and Terrence Marshall are starting to tear it up some. Oh, Terrence Marshall, two guys that we absolutely loved coming out of the draft. We both had a lot of good things to say about both of them. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Terrence Marshall was my fourth ranked receiver, and mm-hmm. Trimble was my third ranked tight end. Yep. Right? Well, it was, a, it, was a, it was a skim. Uh, it was a skinny little tight end class. It was, it was not a much skinny tight end class. Tommy Trimble wouldn't have been that high up in most of your tight end classes. Yeah, but mean, I think what he does as a blocker and just the absolute hustle and effort he brings is awesome. Yeah. And like I said, man, I still think he could be more of a playmaker as a pass catcher. I hope to yeah. see him more and more involved. Well, the, I, Dan, I the Dan Arnold trade only shows more the more belief yeah. in him. Yeah, it's Tommy Trimble time. It's Tommy Trimble yeah. time. And, I think Pete's the one that sent me – he sent me a link and said that, you know, they're letting Tommy Trimble off the leash or on the loose or something like that. So uh, I would expect some plays coming his way. And, um, I mean, the Panthers are going to continue to make it work. They're, they're headed in the right direction. 
I'm going to, I'm going to, I love the positive energy you come up with the Panthers. I'm going to go one step farther. I think the Panthers without Christian McCaffrey are a wild card team. And I think wow. when Christian McCaffrey comes back, they're just your normal playoff team. I think they're that good right now. Well, I think mean, the, so the normal playoff team means they win the division. I don't think so. You can put two teams in the playoffs. Well, okay. Maybe they, uh, you said maybe I don't need another beer. Am I, what, what am I wrong about right here? You're saying they 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 go from a wild card to a normal playoff team, and the normal playoff team, other than wild cards, are can division you not, can you, Am I wrong though? Can you not send? No, two, it's you're, you're, no. Right, you're right. You're right. I don't know what I'm. You can thinking. send. You can send I'm more just, than one team from their division, but there's still still a wild should, card should team. I cut this out or just show how stupid I am. I, I can't. I can't decide. All right, <laughs> we'll do it this way. Fine. They're a wild card team. I'll, I'll okay. I'll go. I'll go say it like this. They will win their wild card game. How about that? They're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be in the playoff hunt for sure. I, I'm not going to say they're Super Bowl contenders. Okay, I, I don't put them up there with the teams like the Buccaneers and the Rams. I probably don't put them up there with the Bills. They're right up under them because Sam Darnold has found his confidence and is playing just like the guy we all thought he could coming out of, come out of USC, right? That it, mm-hmm. he is playing to that level. You've got Brian Burns, who's playing lights out right now. Derek Brown's in his second year, who is an absolute mauler. The defense is having takeaways. They're making plays. CMC's hurt. Yeah, I get it. D- DJ Moore is having an amazing season. Terrace Marshall is only going to get better as the season goes on. Robbie Anderson already has chemistry with you Sam know, Darnold. You know what it kind of reminds me of? This 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 Darnold and, and Brady connection. It reminds me of when of how McVay got his guy in Stafford. Not to that level of greatness that they're that you know Stafford and McVay are showing. What you're saying, but, you're, saying but you're saying like Brady, it went from golf and McVay. You know, uh, and you know, in the Rams, and then the, they get Stafford. They're looking like they're a Super Bowl contender, and then it goes from Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina, and they it's like, oh, we got all these pieces, but we can't move the football. Then Sam Dartle comes in, and it's like, holy crap, Joe Brady's got a guy that can move the football. You know what I mean? It just it's like these these coaches get the guy they're looking for, and then the offense is just in go mode. You know, like instantly, what and it's pretty. It's pretty cool it, to see. It goes to show what, how much it changes an offense when you have a guy that is more of a, a system quarterback than a guy that can do it all. You know what I mean? It, it shows how much more a a offensive playbook can be opened up when you have a guy that has a bigger arm or, you know, is mobile or something like that. The playbook has no limits once once a, once an offensive coordinator gets the guy they're comfortable with. And the guy that can make all the throws, right? High IQ, can go through the progressions, doesn't get phased by much. You know, he handles the pressure. That's when the playbook opens up. And I, and I might agree with you, man. Joe Brady might be like, okay, we got this guy Darnold right here. Yeah, he could do a whole lot more than Teddy Bridgewater. He can do a whole lot more than check down Teddy. So yeah. I agree with you. Like I said, it's not to the to the extent that Stafford and McVeigh are. I think that's on a whole nother level just more because i think stafford's on a whole nother level than he, than darnold is but darnold is playing like an absolute beast right now he is making really smart decisions he's making very very few bad decisions he's playing with a lot of confidence he's already got chemistry with robbie anderson he's got dj moore who's a better receiver than anybody he's ever played with. honestly the the robbie anderson connection has been a disappointment in my opinion it's, uh, it's i mean he's I, more. It's, but it's gonna happen i mean 
that's fine. I would feel, feel uh, feed DJ Moore over Robbie Anderson too. I mean, DJ yeah. Moore is a is, is a more talented receiver than Robbie, but I think having that deep threat connection with Robbie from their time in New York is huge, though. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to show more and more as the season goes on. And another thing that people probably aren't going to take into you know consideration is okay, CMC's out. Yeah, that's a bummer. But here comes Chuba Hubbard. Okay, Chuba Hubbard's going to get a lot of confidence, Bo, over these next couple of weeks. Then you got Chuba with confidence. Then CMC comes back. You got a little double-headed, double-headed monster right there. Oh, yeah. I, think that, I think it's going to be huge for Hubbard to get these reps in, man, and get that confidence, get a little momentum, get motivated. Yeah. I, I think this Panthers team is very, very good this year, which I'm sure is going to make a lot of people happy hearing me say that. Yeah. But Kind of in Panthers country. Yeah, we are in Panthers country, but they 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 look very good, man. And I I, I think they're going to make they're going to win a game in the playoffs this year. I mean, they're going to be they're going to be hunting for it. Like I said, they're not up there with the Rams and Bucks, but they're a team definitely to look out for. Um, and Bo, give me another takeaway, man, before we get out of here. Let me get one more from you. Pick well, you pick kinda, one. You, you got a, you got a couple of them over there. I know you do. Come on. I mean, I do. You know, I do. But I, I you kind of hit on some of mine. You already talked about uh, Cleveland's defense, and um, you know, we already talked about Denver. We already talked about uh, we we. I hit the Chargers. We hit the Steelers. That was one of mine. You, you hit the Rams. That was one of mine. Um, I mean, I guess the other one I I could bring up was uh, the you know Cardinals Jacksonville game was pretty crazy, and I think that. I think that the Cardinals not losing that game and coming back after starting so cruddy, even letting up that big return, and I think games like that will teach the Cardinals a lot. And you know, when it just about themselves and bring their team together more and realize that hey, you know, in the future, you know, we're down twelve points. So let's look back at that Jacksonville game and show how we didn't quit. And, you know, we know we can get this job done now. Um, so I think even though it was an ugly game, it could work out really well for them in the long run. You know what I was happy to see in that game? Hmm. A.J. Green went for 112 yards. That <laughs> is old A.J. Happy. Green right there, man. Old A.J. Green. I love that. Even though he's not with the Bengals anymore, still got to love my guy. Um, but let me ask you this. If you had to say right now, who is leading the MVP, MVP race? Ooh. Who is leading the MVP race? And I know why you're asking this question right now. Oh, no, you're probably – well, okay, it could be two reasons I'm asking this question. Uh, uh, actually, I want to know, is, is it because of – you You think it's because of Murray and, and, and you say my fanboyness with that, or you think it's because of my fanboyness with Georgia and it's Stafford? Because it could go either way right here. Is, is it, which one were you thinking? Well, I think uh, that it's your Kyler Murray fanboy okay. personally. Well, but you must have a reason for thinking that because you must be leaning towards Kyler Murray right now. I'm not leaning towards Kyler Murray right now. <laughs> I just think you asked the question. No, no. Because of that. I mean, it's not why I asked. I'm actually, I'm honestly asking who, who do you right now through three weeks, who is the guys leading your MVP? Is, is it Derek Carr right now? No, I'm, I don't. That's, I mean, not, that's not bold. I mean, dude, that's not bold it, at all, man. I, by by no means do I think over seventeen game season Derek Carr is going to be the MVP though. I just can't bring. My, I can't. I also didn't mean that. I'm just saying through three weeks, it's not. It's not. If, bold if the season ended today, yes, Derek Carr is in it. If the season ended today, Matt Stafford's in it. If the season ended today, Kyler Murray's in it. Um, 
If the season is it one ends, of those three, is it one of those three right now that would be leading the race for you? I know why you're doing this. <laughs> I, I'm you, really, you want I mean, me to you're say it? Me want, you're making me want to do that. So I mean, every time you say that, it's making me want to hear that answer. Even I though guess I, I, I guess I guess I believe that Colin Murray's played. He's he's been more important to his team's overall victory. No, I but that. I believe Stafford's on his heels because that that team's complete overhaul and looks they look great. I have Stafford edging out Murray right now only because I think now everyone's like, okay, damn, the Stafford guy's really good, and especially mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely raised his his odds with you know putting a beat down on the on the Bucks, man. I mean, did you see his stat line of that? I mean, the dude was like not missing. Oh, he did miss. He had a couple of really bad overthrows actually, but through like what four touchdowns, three hundred and thirty yards. I mean, he torched torched him. And I think if he continues, if the Rams have an unbelievable season, I don't care what Kyler Murray does, if the Rams have an unbelievable unbelievable season this year and Matthew Stafford keeps that offense rolling, Matthew Stafford will win the MVP. And it's not even even because someone else doesn't deserve it. Someone, Kyler Murray could deserve it more. Derek Carr, you know, somehow he keeps playing the way he is, he could deserve it more. But it's going to be because of the L.A. spotlight and it's going to be because of everybody starting, you know, finally figuring out, okay, Stafford is really, really good. And I also think kind of it could have something to do with, you know, the Super Bowl being in uh, so far this year. Yeah, I think that the the Super Bowl thing could be a big motivating factor for uh, for the Rams. I think it'd be really cool to have, see Stafford fight all these years playing for the, for the Detroit Lions, and then in his first year with the – with the new team, he plays the Super Bowl in his home stadium. I think that'd be really cool. I do think I think it'd be cool also. And I want to do one more thing before we get out of here. One more thing. I know you hate the stuff right off the top of the dome, but I'm going to ask you this. Here we go. All right. Because we never did it. We never made our predictions for this. So I'm going to ask you through three weeks who you would think it would be for two things, okay? Who would be your defensive rookie of the year? Defensive they, rookie of the year. It's Michael Parsons. I want, yeah, for real. I'm going to say Michael Parsons as well. He's just a, just a rocket to the football. He's all over the field. He's a beast, man. He's Absolutely. all over the field, and there's nothing he can't do. So I'll go. I'm. I will say that too. I mean, the guy just played. Was it this yeah. past week or the week before? They had to throw him in at defensive end because of Demarcus Lawrence being hurt. I, I, uh, I don't know. I get mean I I couldn't even tell you to be honest. Getting weeks messed up, mixed up, whatever. Um, he's a beast. He can do it all. He flies flies to the football like you just. I mean, said. honestly, I think if Asante Samuel keeps it up, he could get in that conversation. He definitely could. So I would say, okay, your top three guys right now would probably be Micah Parsons, Patrick Sertain, and Asante Samuel for offensive mm-hmm. rookie of the year. Who would you say so far? You've got a lot of good guys that have been playing well, man. You got Chase. You got Devonta Smith. You got Jalen Waddle who just had like an 11-catch game, by the way, um, which was kind of impressive. Um, I'd say it's between... And then you've got all the quarterbacks, but I don't think the quarterbacks are showing enough right now. No, no, they're not. I think it's between probably Jamar Chase and maybe even Najee Harris, especially after the game he just put up. That's true. Um, I mean, and even though he was had a tough game against the Raiders' defense, I mean... Even that highlight of the stiff arm where he just threw that guy. I mean, just shows you what kind of player he is, how capable he is. Um, I mean, the first guy never brings him down. Uh, he's a great player. I, mean, I think I think it's probably Jamar Chase right now. 
Uh, Jamar Chase has just proven everybody wrong who wanted to doubt him in the preseason. Pretty much just showing all the haters what preseason's for, which is improving and making your mistakes then instead of in the regular season. And he's proven, you know, he's proving he knows what it is to be a professional so, uh, up to this point. That's for sure. I would say Chase is probably the front runner right now. And to be honest with you, another guy that won't get mentioned has probably no chance of winning it is Rashawn Slater. He yeah. has been an absolute beast, man. The dude looks like a future all pro right now. And which I love because I made the bold, excuse me, yeah, bold take that I put him over Sewell in my ta- tackle ratings. Rankings. God, man, I messed up. I'm, I'm two beers in right now. And, and it's 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 just sounds like I've been drinking all day. Um, but <laughs> I'm so happy about that. though. I'm so happy about Rashawn tearing it up, not just because of how I ranked him. I'm happy because the Chargers definitely got a guy that they're going to love having for a very long time. And he has no shot of winning offensive rookie of the year because it just doesn't go that way for offensive linemen. But they need to have a lineman award. They need to, man, because he would absolutely be the front runner right now. He is an absolute beast. Absolute beast. But I've had a lot of fun, Bo. This is this has been this great. This is a good one. Football season's really season. heating up, man. It is heating up, man. I'm ready for week four. My my boys play Thursday night. Hopefully we move to three and one. You know, two number one overall picks, man. Trevor Lawrence versus Joe Burrow. I'm ready for it. Ready to see what the Jags have got. Hopefully the Bengals win. They think the Bengals yeah, should win. You're going to three and one. Shut yeah. up. Talk, now I know what you're doing. You're jinxing us now. I'm Come taking, on. Man. I'm taking shit. I'm, I'm taking the Bengals minus seven and a half. You're crazy. See, you see, but this is why we have explicit content stamp on our podcast. You just can't stop saying saying the F word and cussing all the time. This that's why that's why we're explicit content right now on iTunes. Just because of me. Yeah, just because of you. I'm pretty sure I've heard more F words coming in your mouth since we started this than mine. Well, you probably have. It might be because you got under my skin with some things. But anyway, yeah. I've had a, I've had a blast, man. And I need to uh, clearly stop drinking and you know learn some vocabulary. But anyway, guys, we will do this again next. Well, our episodes are going to come out on Wednesday. Now, let me go ahead and say that me and Bo want to be able to cover all the games. You know, at first we were just covering, you know, Thursday and the Sunday games. We want to be able to include the Monday night game also. We will be recording every Tuesday night, and that episode will be coming out on Wednesday. We hope you guys enjoyed this one. And as always, have an awesome day tomorrow. Peace out, guys. Peace.